This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. <laughs> What's up, what's up, what's up? How we doing, how we doing? And welcome to episode 166, episode 166 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I'm your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? Hope you had a great Tuesday. Yeah, wait, today's Wednesday, right? Okay, yeah, so Tuesday, yeah. So yeah, hope everyone had a great Tuesday. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And as you know, I'm part of the Big Night Media team with some super duper podcasts like Rambling with Purpose, Chance to Strive, Music You're Missing, 30 Flirty and Surviving. It's always something with JD, Let's Be Clear with Kayla, Burn Toast, I'm the promoter, He's the DJ, Drinks After Work, Eat the Damn Cake, Those Girls You Know, Boston Uncommon, and The Marky P Show. If you're into sports cards, don't forget to check out Big Night Breaks on YouTube, whatnot, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can go check them out in person as well at the Card Vault down at Patriot Place. Don't forget to check out Timmy Ticket Tuesday on the Big Night Media. Instagram page for some free tickets to shows at Big Night Live, and you can always get your Banner Banter Podcast merchandise at BigNightShop.com. Okay, that spiel's done. Wow. Uh, Boston Celtics win. Holy guacamole. The Boston Celtics won Game 2. Who would have thought after that shit performance in Game 1? 109-86, to and they did it without Marcus Smart. Very impressive win, and even more impressive that they did it without their the heart of the defense arguably the most important guy on the offensive end, the guy who sets everything up, Marcus Smart. I really didn't mean that. We all know that it's either Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown, but Marcus Smart has been very good on the offensive side of the ball. Anyways, I'm spiraling. Uh, Marcus Smart did not play in game two. Yeah, crazy, uh, due to a pretty nasty quad contusion. I mean, if Marcus Smart's in pain, you you know it's bad. And speaking of pain, if you hear me grunt or growl or just squeeze in pain or maybe pound something uh, I blew up my back yesterday trying to tie my Jordan 13s and yeah I'm old and uh, so yeah um, I'm doing this with a, a blown out back I gave it my all last night in section 315 I am in so much pain I was borderline tears in tears at the game it's just not because the Celtics won it was because I was in that much pain I used every single nook and cranny of that pillar next to me in section 315 to get up to sit down it was it was bad but anyways Ime said uh, what did Ime say? Yeah. So Ime basically said with the three days off that they have, because for whatever reason, they get Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday off, and they play Saturday afternoon at 3.30 Eastern time, not Central time, out in uh, Milwaukee. Is Milwaukee Central time? Well, yeah, because Chicago is, and it's right above Chicago. Yeah, so that, anyways. So Ime said that Marcus should be good. The Hopefully the swelling goes down, the bruising goes down, and I think three days of rest from, I mean, hell, Technically, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, five days of rest for Marcus Smart is, um, I, I, I think, will be a good thing for the Boston Celtics for sure. And here's the thing. In some weird way, 
the the Celtics defense was very good without Marcus Smart. And in some weird way, the Celtics ball movement was very good without Marcus Smart. I mean, his backup, well, yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, going through a little back pain right now. We're good. But yeah, uh, Marcus Smart, his backup, Derek White, 0 of 6 from the field, 0 of 4 from 3, but had 5 assists. I would say that's very Marcus Smart-like. Boom, roasted. But seriously, Derek White, listen, <laughs> you got to hit a basket, bud. I mean, you scored 10 points in game one. You looked pretty solid on the offensive end in game one, which was nice to see. And the team lost. But today, or tonight, or yesterday, whatever, you couldn't hit the parquet if you walked on it. And the team won. So it really doesn't make any sense. But here's the thing. Sure, he had five fouls, but he was a team high plus 22 on the floor tonight. His defense was great. He fought through screens, so the team really didn't have to switch that much. His closeouts were solid, especially against Drew Holiday. I mean, he got called for a bullshit foul here and there, but overall, I mean, minus the goose egg and the box score, I I mean, I don't think Derek White played that bad. I mean, it, it looked bad, but I don't, I, I, I don't think he played that bad. I You know, it's like his offense sucked, but his defense was there. I... I, I <sighs> I don't think Brad Stevens brought him in for his offense because if that was the case, he would have stuck with Josh Richardson. But Derek White was brought in for a defensive purpose. He was really brought in for a situation like tonight where if Marcus Mark gets hurt, gets hurt, someone can come in, run the offense, miss some shots, and call it a day. And I, I think Derek White did a great job with that. But before we continue, let's talk about something really fucking weird. Now, if you listened to episode 165, I said that the Bucks held the Boston Celtics to their 87th worst offensive rating of the season. So you know what the Celtics did in game two? And I know this is going to be weird. Go ahead. Any guesses? I'll, I'll let you guess. I'll let you guess while you're in your car or something. Go ahead, guess. Well, here we go. If if you guess strong, the Boston Celtics had held the Milwaukee Bucks to their 87th worst offensive rating of the season. Now that's how you fight back. If you say, hey, we sucked offensively, in game one, now you're going to suck offensively in game two. And that was great. And um, whatever Ime did, whatever he said in the locker room was great. But let's talk about the Jays real quick. Okay, Jalen and Jason. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, our guys. I mean, what a first quarter by Jalen uh, Brown. Holy shit. Like, holy fucking shit. What a first quarter. I mean, he couldn't miss. I think it was 5-5 five five from 3. 17 points. He dropped Grayson Allen with some beautiful ball some beautiful ball handling skills, which is something that if you've listened to this podcast over the last four years, I've been begging and thriving for. I mean, in that moment with Jalen, you could feel that he knew that he was the best player on the floor, which is great. And and you want that confidence from Jalen because I've said it all playoffs long, I've said it all season long. Jalen Brown is the most important player on the Boston Celtics, and it showed last night in that first quarter. But the issue with Jalen that we've seen a bunch of times in the past throughout his entire career, for whatever reason, he just falls off the face of the earth. And when he has those type of runs, I mean, sure, the Celtics went, what was it? A f- so it was 15 to three early. And the and the Bucks after that never, I, I don't think the Bucks even got it down to 10. I mean, the Celtics largest lead in that game was 26. And the Bucks kept, you know, chipping away. I don't think they got it to 11. So that 15 to three run, in the first quarter, thanks to Jalen Brown, was a difference in the basketball game. Because besides that, it was basically a, an even ball game the rest of the way for the most part. But Jalen only scored 13 points in the rest of the way in three quarters. I mean, he finished with 30 
which, you know, was great. That's a postseason high for him. So congratulations to Jalen. And, and I'm not complaining about his game, but sometimes he, Jalen shouldn't be scoring only four points a quarter on average, if you think about it. The, the second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, he only scored 13 points. If I divide, you divide that by three, it's a little bit more than four points per quarter. But like, he's got to go to the ball. He's got to want it. I don't think Jalen really took any bad shots. And listen, it, it also didn't help that Jay, uh, Jason Tatum dropped 19 second half points. And, and as the kids like to say, was in his bag. I mean, Jason Tatum pulled some tricks out of that. I mean, he made some really, really, really tough con- contested shots. Shots that he was not making in game one. He, he Jason Tatum looked like he did in the Nets series in the second half, which obviously you love to see. But even though Jalen wasn't really shooting the ball that much as as you would like after dropping what 17 points in the first quarter he did pass the ball around he ended up with six assists which we know we love Jalen Brown has more than five assists we have a dance party but this is the playoffs we're taking this very serious but I'm happy for Jalen I'm glad he showed up but he's just in these type of moments he just he has to want 40 and I'm sure he does but it's just for whatever reason I don't know if it's the team I don't know if it's Jalen they just seem to go away from him and it's, and it's kind of annoying, but that's okay. But bravo to Jalen Brown. Bravo. And then Jason Tatum, 8 assists, 29 points. Please, come on. That's unreal. I mean, clearly Jason Tatum didn't play well in game one. And that happens. You know, no one's perfect. But this game he shot 50% from the field, 50% from three. And I thought his defense was stellar. Three steals. I mean, I called it. He did get a tactical foul because he was bitching and moaning to the refs too much. And I knew it was going to happen. But if... Tatum can play like he did. Notice that Jalen's got it going on in the first. He takes over in the second. It's it's going to be really, really tough for the Milwaukee Bucks. It, it's really, really going to be tough for the Milwaukee Bucks. So what else do we have to talk about? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I know in episode 165, I told the Celtics to stop shooting threes. And, of course, the next game they make a franchise record 23-pointers because why not? But the reason why... Ball movement. Say it with me. Ball movement, ball movement, ball movement, ball movement. It was unbelievable. The Celtics' ball movement was bonkers. Sometimes you could even argue there were too many extra passes, but they drove, the Bucks collapsed, and they passed the ball with purpose into the corner because other times they would just float it, and the Bucks are good. They go after the ball, but they got it into the corner, and the Bucks would go ahead, shoot it, and, it, and the Celtics lived by the three. You live or die by the three. They died in game one. They lived in game two. But beautiful, beautiful job. And it helped number 12. And number 12, bravo to you, sir. Another solid game from number 12 in the playoffs. And people want to know, when will I call him by his name? Not until a banner is raised. Okay? So, glad that's out of the way. Stop asking me. When If banner 18 comes up and number 12 is on this team, I'll call him by his name. But number 12 sucked in game one. And then he stepped it up big time. I mean, everyone had to step it up with Marcus Smart being out. And he stepped up big time, scoring 21 points. His defense on Giannis was very good. And <clears throat> the thing is, oh, man, my back hurts so much. Ow, ow, ow. Um, so, oh, my God, I just lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the, the thing with number 12 is he forced Giannis to shoot fadeaway jumpers versus set shots or giving him the opportunity to put his head down and attack the rim. And Giannis, I mean, he started off the game 2 of 12 from the field. 
I mean, and you know, you got to give a shout out to, to Ime too here, you know, talking about everyone stepping up. I mean, he kept the rotation short. I mean, he didn't bring anyone else in. I mean, was he going to bring in Neesmith? Was he going to bring in Hauser? Like, like what was he going to, Cornette? Like, who knows? But but he didn't do that. But he made, made very good adjustments on Giannis. He said, you ain't driving to the rack. You're going to have to shoot it. And number 12 was a did a great job on Giannis defensively. But can he do it again? We'll see. But back to the ball movement real quick. 28 assists. 28 assists. Remember, folks, if you've listened to this podcast, I know it's repetitive and I know it's annoying, but... I'm not wrong. If the Celtics have 25 assists or more, they are very, very tough to beat. They had less than 25 in game one. They lost. They had more than 25 in game two. And guess what? They won. Now, what else didn't I like about game two? Sorry, not what else, because I love so much of it. But there were, there were three things that I didn't, I didn't really like in game two. The first is the points in the paint. The Celtics lost 54 to 20 points in the paint. They lost by 30. And listen, I know they won, so it's just like, hey, Timmy, shut the fuck up. Fair. But if they stop pretending like they're afraid of Brooke Lopez, they could have won by 60. I mean, Ime even said it after the game. We're acting like Wilt Chamberlain's in the post. You have to attack the paint. There isn't a good shot blocker down there for them. There isn't. And if Brooke Lopez or Bobby, or Bobby Portis get in foul trouble, they have to go super small. What are they going to bring in? Serge Ibaka? Okay. <laughs> Don't tempt me with a good time. But they have to attack the rim. Please, put your head down. Go to the basket. Now, I know you may not get some calls. Not up. Shut up. Run back on the defensive end and get the ball back. Okay? Now, the other thing that I didn't really like, the other thing that kind of scared me, the other thing that kind of made me nervous, I didn't like how angry Giannis was when he came out at halftime. I mean, I think he scored, what, nine, ten points in a row for them? I mean, he was unreal in the second half. I mean, who says he doesn't do that throughout all of game three? Because Rob was in foul trouble, Al was in foul trouble, Derek White was in foul trouble, and that kind of helped the Bucks in some weird way hang around. I mean, if you were perfectly fine watching that game, uh, I don't know if just me because I'm a psychopath, I didn't feel comfortable during that game. Like, the Celtics aren't great at holding big leads. I mean, they did it in this game. Bravo to them. Tip of the cap. But that was, that was kind of nerve-wracking seeing Giannis come out and playing like that, knowing that he can do that whenever the hell he wants and that might be the way that they go in game three and the other thing i didn't like uh what what was the other thing i didn't like oh my god it was in my mental notes oh points off turnovers again i didn't like the points off of turnovers i mean the celtics did score 17 versus the six last time hashtag improvement but the bucks got more than a quarter of their points off of turnovers 86 points 24 points off of turnovers more than quarter of their points the Celtics have to get back on defense in transition they have to do it if you're going to turn the ball over you better put your head down and sprint your ass back and play some defense you cannot give this Bucks team easy looks they will beat you every single freaking time so game three Saturday 3 3:30 p.m yeah 3:30 p.m what's going to have to happen number one do not get frustrated do not panic if your shots don't fall because Let's be honest here. Are the Celtics going to shoot 46% from three again? Probably not. Are the Bucks going to shoot better than 16% from three at home? <laughs> yeah, most likely. So do not get frustrated and force up three-pointers. If the three-pointers aren't going in, attack the rim. You won the rebound battle in game two. You lost it in game one. What do you know? Whichever team wins the rebounding battle so far has won the series. Or has won the games. And look, that's all that I asked for. 
in episode 164, my preview of the series. You have to win the rebound battle. And they did. The Celtics limited the Bucks to only five offensive rebounds. So if you can limit their offensive rebounds, you limit their second chance points, and you force them to score in other ways, and you trust your defense. That's great. Number three, keep that ball moving. I keep saying it over and over and over and over again. Swing the ball. Make the extra pass. 25 assists or more, please. Number four, number 12. I need something from you. You have one good game, and you have one shitty game. You have one good game, you have one shitty game. No joke, if you look at number 12's numbers throughout these playoffs, first game, single digit. Second game, double digits. Third game, single digits. Fourth game, double digits. Fifth game, single digits. Last night, double digits. We need another double digit performance from number 12. He has to make his open shots. And listen, I love the shot fakes and the drives and the dishes. Huge improvement for number 12. Number 12 has improved. But I need another solid game. None of this up and down roller coaster, Canopy Lake, you know, water country is very cool spot. None of that. All right. And then finally, whatever energy you came out with in game two, find that again. Whatever Ime said before the game, have him say it again. But you have to come out fired the fuck up in game three. The Milwaukee fans, the Bradley Center, the Pfizer Center, whatever the hell it's called, it's loud. It is an arena made for basketball because they don't have a lot out there it is made for basketball that's going to be a very loud place the celtics have been good on the road this year but you have to get at least one game in milwaukee and game three would be a super duper one to win without a shadow of a doubt and that's it for episode 166 of the banner banter podcast you can find me on the twitter machine at banner banter 18 or on facebook and instagram at banner banter podcast thank you so much for listening for always we'll talk to you on sunday morning after game three yeah and that's it we'll talk then toodles and noodles x's and o's Bye-bye. sorry but i'm gone i'm history and i dedicated my life to the boston Celtics. i dedicated my life to the fans of boston I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.